Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt to side hustles to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. Hey there, welcome to the College Investor Audio Show. Today we're going to try to clear up some confusion. We love to do that too, and to help you out with the difference between an HSA and FSA. So just a quick look at some things we're going to be talking about. HSAs are more flexible than FSAs. FSAs are for employees, and HSAs require high deductible health plans. So all about the HSA. An HSA, by the way, is health savings account. It allows you to contribute funds into the account and use those funds to pay for medical expenses. A flexible spending arrangement, or FSA, allows you to contribute funds into the account and use those funds to pay for medical expenses, too. Do we just repeat ourselves? On the surface, an HSA and FSA don't seem any different. But there are differences. There are differences in contributions amounts and employer contributions, qualifications based on your health plan and employment status. So to qualify for an HSA, you must have a high deductible health plan, HDHP. According to IRS publication 969, the minimum deductible of an HDHP must be $1,350 for individuals and $2,700 for families. You can't be on Medicare or be claimed as a dependent. You can be self-employed with an HDHP that allows an HSA. Why would someone choose an HDHP over a non-HDHP? Well, it can be a personal preference or depending on how much you regularly spend on healthcare. If you rarely go to the doctor, an HDHP can make economic sense. There are contribution limits though for HSAs. For individuals, they are $3,500 and $6,900 for households. Your employer may offer an HSA with your current health insurance plan. Some insurance plan titles state that they have an HSA available. You can always check with your employer or insurance company as well. Now, the HSA allows you to take your HSA with you if you switch employers, since the account is owned by you. Unused funds also roll over each year. Very nice. And it isn't necessary to be an employee to get an HSA. If you have been recently laid off or are on COBRA with an HDHP, you can get an HSA if the plan allows it. If the plan doesn't come with an HSA, but does allow an HSA, you'll have to then shop around at different banks for an HSA account. There are a few differences in HSAs when you're employed versus when you're laid off. Without an employer, you'll have to pay a monthly fee for the HSA account, and there won't be any company match. Can you ever take funds out of your HSA account for non-medical expenses? Yeah, there is one condition that allows you to take funds out of your account for non-medical expenses without incurring a penalty. You must be 65 years old. Funds withdrawn at age 65 or older can be taken out tax-free as well. On the flip side, if you aren't 65 or older and decide to withdraw funds from your HSA for a non-medical expense, you'll incur a hefty 20% penalty, which must be declared on your income. Ugh. The upshot is to try your best to estimate how much money should go into your HSA each year and not go over that amount. The last thing you want is to have funds locked up in your HSA that you need for something other than medical expenses. So here's all about the FSA. FSAs are provided through your employer. 
Unlike an HSA, you don't own the FSA account. If you decide to leave your employer, the FSA will not go with you, and your funds will be lost, which is not the case with an HSA. FSA funds are not actually lost. Instead, they go back to the employer. The act of leaving a company without FSA funds is called FSA forfeiture. Whether or not FSA funds roll over each year is also up to your employer. In some cases, the employer may provide additional time into the near year to use any leftover funds. This is called a grace period and allows two and a half months to use any rollover funds. Otherwise, those funds go back to the employer. In the case of what's called carryover, up to 500 bucks of carryover funds can be used in the new year in addition to the contribution limit. Contribution limits for FSAs are $2,650 for individuals and $5,300 for households. You can change your contributions at open enrollment if your family situation changes or you change plans or employers. As for any penalties when using funds for non-medical expenses, yeah, that's up to your employer. So which one should you choose? You know, with its ability to carry over funds and go with you if you leave the company, the HSA offers greater flexibility over the FSA. It can be more difficult to qualify for compared to an FSA since you must have an HDHP, not be on Medicare or a dependent. However, self-employed people can have an HSA if their HDHP allows for it. FSAs are for employees only. Self-employed people don't qualify. Funds in an FSA do not roll over unless specifically allowed by the employer. If you decide to quit the company, you'll leave any funds in your FSA. To summarize, the HSA, most likely your best option. If an HSA is not possible, then at least try to get an FSA. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. If this was helpful to you and you think it could be helpful to somebody else, please share this and subscribe. Allow the notifications so every single day you can have some new tips on how to be awesome with your money. If you want some resources, some tools and stuff to find, you can always see everything at thecollegeinvestor.com. Have an awesome day. We'll talk to you next time.